Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hi, guys. Welcome to the Liz Wheeler Show. You can tell that I'm excited about this show probably because I'm smiling. This is. I am so excited about this show. Before we get started, if you haven't subscribed to the show already, please do so on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Click that subscribe button. If you like the video version of the show, please go to youtube.com slash Liz Wheeler or rumble.com slash Liz Wheeler. Hit those subscribe buttons on YouTube. Hit that bell so that I can notify you when I have a new episode, a new interview, a new video. We have tons of new content all the time. Really appreciate you guys doing this. Okay, so what are we gonna talk about today? I just had... The most interesting conversation. If you thought, I don't even know how to preface this. If you thought that Big Pharma was corruptly in bed with like the CDC and the NIH and Fauci and even the FDA, if you thought Big Pharma was corruptly in bed with the CDC, wait until you hear about big food. Now, yes, the politics of food is what we're going to talk about today. And the way that I'm going to explain this or preface this conversation is by posing a thought experiment to you. And here it is. What if I told you that there was a way to prevent cancer and a way to prevent Alzheimer's? Would you believe me? And I, I, I want you to sit there. You're, li- you're listening to what I'm saying right now. And I want you to honestly say in your mind, well, yes, I would believe her. Or, mm, I don't know. No, I don't know that I would believe that without more information. Okay, you have that answer in your mind. Now let me ask you a second question. If Big Pharma told you that there was a way to prevent cancer and that they had a way to prevent Alzheimer's, would you believe Big Pharma? Do the same thing in your mind. I bet this time you're like, yeah, I, I would believe them if there was finally a cure for cancer, if there was a cure for Alzheimer's. I would, I would cheer, I would be so excited. My third question is why would you believe Big Pharma versus believing facts and science? This is what we're going to talk about today. The larger picture here, we've talked about this a little bit on the show the last couple of days, the last couple of weeks, is that there is this cultural idea or this, this cultural narrative, it's becoming quite pervasive, that you cannot, um, you cannot comment on someone else's obesity. Now, I'm not talking about walking down the street and pointing to a fat person and saying, hey, you fatty, go for a run. I'm talking about even in a healthcare situation, it's becoming politically incorrect for doctors to say, hey, you, you, you are obese or you're overweight and that, that leads to serious health problems and you need to lose weight um, in order to be healthy. There's this movement right now called Health at Every Size. They abbreviated H-A-E-S that wants to make obesity or wants to take obesity off the table in any kind of healthcare conversation. So you go to your doctor and your doctor doesn't focus on your weight. Your doctor focuses on every other problem that you have, probably begotten of the obesity, but the obesity is not to be touched. Simultaneously with the Health at Every Size narrative that we see in our culture, it's the left taking it a step further saying that if you do talk about obesity, then you are anti-fat. I don't know what that's supposed to mean. It's not anti the person, it's it's anti the health condition. But the left says, if you are anti-fat, then you are anti-black. We talked about this last week on the show with that that video of the girl saying um, that that 
anti-fat is anti-black because it means that you are advocating for adjacency to whiteness as, as if all white people are thin, which is false, as if all black people are fat, which is also false. Ridiculous. Obesity is a health condition. We, we established that, but the epidemic of obesity and, and the ramifications of that are ignored in our culture. Now, you might be thinking, okay, Liz, this is boring. I'm not here for a nutrition lecture. Wait until you get, wait until you hear about the politics of the thing. So the politics of the thing, the corruption behind what's happening in our nation that's hurting people is just as political as big pharma's being in bed with Fauci and the CDC and the FDA. The lobbyists specifically have been stoking the fires of this, of this anti-fad is anti-black, health at every size, politically correct narrative for their own profit, for the profit of big food and the profit downstream for big pharma. Now, let me give you a specific example here before we dive into it. You might've seen all the controversy about Ozempic. That's this supposedly miracle cure drug for obesity. There's, there's controversy because there are a lot of people that are like, oh, wow, this is amazing. This is, this is great. But there are a lot of people that are like, wait a second, there's something wrong with this drug. There's side effects to this. And that's, you're, you're not getting the whole story before you get on this drug. We're going to talk about all of that and more right now. Let's do it. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So with me now is Callie Means. He's the co-founder of TrueMed, but that is not what he has always done. He used to be a political operative. He used to consult actually for soda companies. Um, in 2011, he consulted for Coca-Cola to help keep uh, Coca-Cola included in SNAP benefits. So we're going to talk about this whole thing with him. Callie, good to see you. Thanks for joining me. Thanks, Liz. Okay, Callie, you have a really interesting background. And I want to talk a little bit about that, particularly as it ties in with the larger conversation that we're having about sugar, but specifically the sugar in soda. So soda is the number one purchased item, food item on food stamps. Um, you say that you were in the room when Coca-Cola wanted to keep this, keep, keep themselves, keep Coca-Cola included in, uh, in, in food stamps in 2012. Can you, can you tell us about that? Yeah, this is a huge issue just on its face because 25% of kids now have prediabetes, which is decimating our human capital, our children. It, I think it's also instructive of what pharma, soda, other companies do to rig the system today. But yeah, they wanted to keep it. It's the number one item bought on food stamps, $110 billion government program. They wanted to keep it that way. That obviously makes no sense. You know, sugar water, just no nutritional value, just goes directly to causing diabetes. And um, But how did they keep it that way? It's a three-legged stool that I saw. And again, I think this is being weaponized today, but it's all around weaponizing institutions of trust. So I was actually in the room uh, with Coke executives and the NAACP, the really the oldest, one of the most prominent civil rights organizations. And it was a quid pro quo. It's we're going to give you millions of dollars, you, the NAACP, call our opponents racist. In this case, and there's contemporary reporting in the New York Times around 2012, the NAACP said that parents who were concerned about their kids drinking 
you know, and ingesting a hundred times more sugar than they did a hundred years ago were racist and classist. And it was an unrelenting campaign that shut down debate. Um, we also went and uh, paid off think tanks uh, from the Heritage Foundation to leading think tanks on the left. It was as transactional, you know, as ordering a hamburger at McDonald's. You just go in and order that study in the Heritage Foundation, which, you know, I interned with, I interned at early in my, you know, in college and, and it is the gold standard conservative think tank. It was disheartening to see that as really just a pay to play org um, that you just go in very transactional. And the third, and I actually think most, most important is research institutions. It was it was shocking <laughs> that really research strategy for leading institutions in the United States was being dictated by public relations offices in Washington, D.C. There are lists of hundreds of professors who are friendly for various causes. And in this case, soda companies and processed food companies spend 11 times more on nutritional research than the NIH. And this has been an absolute disaster. Um, you know, the food pyramid, the, the terrible guidance that's I believe has led to millions of unnecessary and early deaths in the 1990s was based on Harvard research that was paid for by the Sugar Foundation, it was called at the time. Uh, and up until today, the, the leading guidance from the NIH right now, uh, the Tufts NIH food compass, millions of dollars of government funding, also funded by food companies called the most comprehensive nutrition study ever conducted, is saying Lucky Charms is three times healthier for breakfast than eggs. So this would be funny if it wasn't impacting our children and it's not a good situation for our kids right now. No, this is, I have so many questions because this is such interesting information. So to recap, I wanna make sure that I have this right. You, you consulted for soda companies who wanted to make sure that soda was kept part of SNAP benefits. SNAP is the number one item purchased on food stamps and they had a three-pronged strategy to lobby, to lobby government officials that was to use civil rights groups. They so tell me about that. How what do you mean when you say use civil rights groups? Did they did they specifically go to the NAACP and say, we know that sugar is unhealthy, specifically, and it affects disproportionately people of lower income because who use SNAP benefits, but we want you to tell people who oppose sugar that they're racist? Yeah, you know, when you step back, it's it's really not that complicated. When you call someone a racist, it, it shuts down and, and stunts the debate a little bit. And, you know, I was very junior at the time and it was, hey, Kelly, put together a list. We identified African-American pastors. We identified the Hispanic Federation. We identified the NAACP. And these groups, unfortunately, and, and specifically the ones I named, the Hispanic Federation and the NAACP and in, in the case of Coke, were extremely transactional. It, it was, it was we are going to pay you. And, and, and the, meet, the meetings in the room, they said the quiet part out loud. It was, we need to shift the debate in our favor. We need to get these, you know, we need to have Coke kept in food stamp spending. We need to label them as patriarchal. The people saying that we should not be paying for sugar water. We need to label them as patriarchal. We need to label them as racist. And, and, and there was unrelenting campaigns. I mean, in my Twitter thread, you had a link to the New York Times in 2012, where it was uh, kind of a shocking article to read. In the New York Times, painting this strategy, um, you know, this is happening up until today. I mean, you you have Nestle and processed food companies that just came out paying, you know, leading uh, civil rights and body inclusivity TikTok uh, performers, right, to say that uh, you can be healthy at any size, and it's it's racist to uh, to talk to people about not eating sugar, not eating unhealthy food. That that that's happening today. So, were these civil rights organizations like the NAACP were they duped? Meaning, did, were they not aware that the studies that said that sugar is not that bad were false? Or were they literally okay with 
trading their integrity just for money to say whatever they to say whatever you wanted them to say. Yeah, so so the issue I'm very passionate is the food health system, and I you know I think what's happening is we're we're systematically being poisoned by what's in our food, which is the result of a rigged system, and then the the healthcare system, which is the largest industry and fastest growing industry in the United States, is profiting. Um, and what I've seen from both working inside as a consultant now trying to change those incentives is one of the biggest tricks the systems played is most people do and can justify in the seat that they're doing an okay thing. I mean. It is literally like you know the Coke executive saying, "Well, you know, this is calories for the kids. You know, we we these kids need the Coke. Yeah, it's, I've it's heard a that treat, argument. and um, and and we need to call them racist. So it's a, it's a very transactional strategy, and it's very quid pro quo that this money. But you know, the system acts in a way where you know maybe the people of the NAACP were feeling like they were protecting choice, even though of course this is a rigged system where over $10 billion a year of government nutrition money is going to soda. Um, I don't think anyone or many go to bed at night thinking they're evil. I think it's it's very subtle, you know, what happens in these rooms. Um, you know, I, I, I think that, you know, pharma companies um, now trying to push injectable miracle obesity cures on 40% of US teens probably think they're helping kids with obesity. Uh, although they're not solving the problem and not asking why so many kids are obese. You, everyone can, I think, justify what they're doing at the time. But when you zoom out, this is rot devastation, um, particularly on lower income folks. Uh, I'll just say a stat, a man uh, in this country uh, in the lower socioeconomic bracket dies 15 years younger than a man at the richest uh, end of the socioeconomic bracket. And that's almost entirely because of nutrition and this rigged system that uh, uh, regrettably, the NAACP really contributed here in this case. I mean, this is 15% of Americans depend on this program for nutrition. It's shocking. And, and what you mentioned, these children that are being injected with so-called anti-obesity drugs, the, it's not just the NAACP, the American Academy of Pedi uh, Pediatrics. We talked about this on the show last Friday, actually. The American Academy of Pediatrics is now recommending for children as young as two and three years old that they're given drugs and potentially surgery for obesity instead of and some type of intensive therapy for their family versus changing their nutrition and changing their diets. Okay, so talk to me about the academic institutions. I understand why Coke would do this. I understand the quid pro quo. I mean, people do bad things for money. I understand why the NAACP would do this. They're sacrificing their integrity, their principles. Academic institutions and studies about the bad and the terrible side effects of sugar, what would, tell me about first the corruption and then I guess after that, we'll get to the motivation behind it. Yeah, because I think the motivation is a little bit, a little bit trickier. And I think what makes this complicated is we all know professors, we all know doctors, they're, they're often good people individually, but the corruption is undeniable and the result is evil, in my opinion. Um, I believe, and I think the data shows that elite research institutions and peer-reviewed studies very often should be seen much more as PR documents for special interests rather than these trusted things. I think I think Americans on the left and the right we get duped when we see on the news that there's a new peer-reviewed study. Um, I can say a peer-reviewed study. You've got to be asking who chose the question and and who chose how that study is being structured. We can have a study say anything, and literally up until previous. You know, several years, we still had studies coming out of universities saying sugar doesn't cause obesity, which is absurd on its face. Um, we have right now, you know, studies like leading nutritional studies uh, from from the chair of the White House conference on the White House uh, conference on nutrition, 
saying that Honey Nut Cheerios are healthier than beef. And that's a, a study funded by processed food makers. It's naming the processed foods by name, uh, saying Cheerios are healthier or as healthy as quinoa. So, you know, th th this is, it's just, it's just rank. It's just like step back. Let's take emotion out of it. Food companies are paying billions of dollars for nutrition research. They're not doing that out of some philanthropic goodwill you know, to advance non-ideological scholarship for nutrition. They want something. When companies spend billions of dollars, they want something. You know, and this obviously goes to pharma. Hey, I'm glad you've talked about Ozempic and this miracle BC drug, which, which to me is tragic because it's, it's the result of this, right? Ten years later, we have 40% of kids between 5 and 12, according to the CDC in 2021, 40% are obese. And now we have a miracle cure that all the arms of academia, all the arms of the media are pushing. Now, again, just to unpack the incentives, the media that's pushing this 60 Minutes, which just ran a shameful expose to support this, 50% of their funding at least comes from pharma and food. And then there is a massive you know, financial incentive among providers, this new field of obesity medicine, which didn't exist. Now there are tens of thousands, if not more obesity clinicians. This is a lifetime injection, right? You need it every single week. It's a lifetime of appointments. There's a clear economic incentive and university research and medical schools themselves depend on an innovation-based system. If people are healthy, they fundamentally don't make money. Every lever in our healthcare system depends on people being sick, depends on interventions. That's how 95% of healthcare spending is generated, interventions on sick people. So I call it this devil's bargain. We, we've made kids really sick. We've made adults very sick with our food system and the changes there. And then the healthcare system has just grown and profited and stood silent on why people are actually getting sick. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. So you went to Harvard. You're a Harvard grad and you're a Stanford grad. And you mm -hmm. talk about these Harvard studies on sure. sugar, which essentially said that sugar is not the problem. I believe, you can correct me if I'm wrong here, but I believe they tried to point the finger at fat and not sugar to be, to be their scapegoat here. But are, were these studies just plain, ordinary rigged? The people that were conducting them knew that they were methodologically faulty, knew that they were inaccurate? Yeah. So, so, yeah. So, just just in that nineteen nineties, as we all remember the food pyramid, um, there's increased arguments that's might be the single most deadly and costly public policy decision in the history of the United States. It has directly led 
um, to trillions of dollars of downstream costs for the United States taxpayer. And yes, as you said, it, 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 it argued, you remember the base of that pyramid was carbohydrates, and that's contributed to our cells being overloaded with at least 100 times more glucose sugar, which is what they use for energy than it, they were 100 years ago, which has led to mass cellular dysfunction, which has led to 50% of American adults having prediabetes or diabetes, 93% of Americans being metabolically dysfunctional. Our cells are literally malfunctioning, which is which is the underpinning of the chronic disease crisis right now, where 60% of Americans have some kind of chronic disease. And life expectancy is declining in a sustained way for the most sustained period of time since 1860. It's been going down for six years, uh, which is unprecedented and really kind of crazy when you think about it. So so yeah, uh, the, the the Harvard study that led to that disastrous policy, you can look, look into that. It was rank corruption. The Sugar Foundation funded it. The head of the Harvard Nutrition Lab was completely bought off. And yeah, I'm a Harvard grad, uh, but I will say this very clearly. There is blood, a lot of blood. Um, on, on on the Harvard Nutrition Department for funding that. You'd think that'd be over, but it's going up until today. Now, I'm actually in touch with, I, I, I'm actually have been reached out to on this on this Twitter tirade that I'm on uh, by some leading uh, nutritionists and, and, and people that are putting these studies that are paid for millions of dollars by food companies. Um, I can say pretty definitively, I, I think they look in the mirror and are good people. I, th I think in many degrees, they're, they're, they're motivated for the right reasons. They've achieved a lot of success in the academic realm. Uh, they've devoted a lot of their lives to research. It is an incontrovertible fact that nutrition research in this country and the nutrition research they're conducting and this leading NIH study from Tufts is funded millions of dollars by food companies. You know, it, it is rank corruption on its face, um, not even getting to the motivations. But it, it, these are funded by processed food companies and our weaponized food. And again, 70% of the U.S. diets processed food. What is that? It's added sugar, which is being subsidized by the government through crazy uh, things like the food stamps and subsidies. It's seed oils. The, the fat standards have led to these cheap seed oils, which didn't even exist 100 years ago, are now one of the top sources of American calories, very inflammatory. Come, more and more is coming out how disastrous they are for the human body. And then processed grains. We subsidize grains tens of billions of dollars a year through very corrupt practices. And the process part, which is a new phenomenon, takes that fiber out, which basically makes that grain a sugar bomb. It just it just hits our bloodstream. The fiber blunts the sugar, but, the, but taking that out makes it shelf-stable. And, and it's really the basis of, of our diet is these processed grains. Look on any label. It's the flour. It, 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 it turns right into sugar. So our food's been weaponized and uh, and it's a direct line to a rig system. I think it's interesting because your your Twitter account, by the way, let me mention that first. Anybody who wants to follow <laughs> Callie on Twitter, highly recommend. This is actually Thanks, how Liz. we got connected is because I saw your viral thread. His Twitter account is twitter.com slash Callie Means. It's spelled C-A-L-L-E-Y-M-E-A-N-S, Callie Means. I highly recommend that you guys follow him. I want to ask you about your mathematical Twitter thread in a minute. But first, I, I want to talk just a second about some observations that seem to be getting more and more prevalent on Twitter. I don't know if you guys have seen this. You've probably seen this, Callie, where people are talking about, Americans are talking about how if they go to Europe on a vacation, they say, I eat tons of pasta. I drink tons of wine. All I'm doing is vacationing. I'm not exercising. And I come back weighing 10, 15 pounds less than when I left America which doesn't make sense given that I went and all I was doing was eating and drinking. And the obvious, the obvious inference there is that, okay, well, there's something different about the food in America 
versus the food that they're eating in these European countries, specifically Italy, France, um, areas that maybe Greece, areas that you would go to vacation and that food would be maybe your primary um, thing. What is, what is the difference between food in America and food in Europe? Yeah, I'll take it back to what really resonated on Twitter and my experience on the rig system. And I just want to put a little bit of context here, Liz. I, I'm a I'm a free market guy. You know, for for a long period of time, you know, I I defended the U.S. food system as great innovation. And I said anyone who wanted to question or tell our food companies what to do are being very patriarchal. Here's a key thing I think that was a real journey for me. And I think it's important for everyone to understand. We don't have a free market right now. We have a rigged market. Um, pharmaceutical companies, which are now actually own food companies as well. And food companies are two of the largest lobbying spenders. And, and, and what do they get? We have this toxic food, the way we literally process food, the way we take those grains and rob it of any nutritional value, right? That is not done in Europe. It makes the, it makes the food, the majority of the food that we eat stay on the shelves for years, but it's robbed of any nutritional value. And the second that hits the bloodstream, turns into sugar, overwhelms our cells with glucose. And, and that's just not how it's done. Uh, Europe, right, spends uh, many, many places spend about 12, 13% on food. We spend about uh, six, 7% on food. But of course, you see the graphs on healthcare. We're paying for that five times over on our healthcare expenditures. Again, this is because of a rigged system. The food companies want their food cheap. The healthcare companies, which have no incentive for people to be healthy, actually have every incentive for people to be sick, stand silent. So it leads to things. It leads to things like crazy grain subsidies. I mean, what public policy insanity are we doing to subsidize corn, which turns into high fructose corn syrup and grains, which are like decimating our bodies and then costing trillions of dollars of downstream health effects? We are subsidizing the food that's costing us trillions of dollars down the road. Europe's not doing that. Additionally, and I think this is very important, you know, you dive into this and, you know, environmentalism, you know, hasn't been my issue. You know, I think a lot of people are talking about that hasn't been my issue, but you go down to the hundreds of substances we put on our food that are outlawed everywhere else in the world and what that's doing to our soil, what that's doing to the nutrient density of our food. A tomato, for instance, in Italy has 50% more nutrients than a tomato, an organic tomato in the United States. Like, like it's a, it's a, many times it's an order of magnitude, more actual like nutrients in the food because our soil and all the stuff where this literal poison we're putting on our food is eroding the soil and the nutrient density of food. So, you know, this isn't a nanny state situation to say we should be looking into this. Um, and I think I'm very encouraged, Liz, I'm, I'm encouraged you're uh, looking into this. Uh, Fox News has been covering it every night. You know, to me, this is actually, it's a bipartisan issue, but you know, it's an issue conservatives should be really caring about these, this rigged system is hurting our first order issue. Like there's nothing more important from a public policy perspective of what's happening to our brains, our perception of the reality of our perception of the world. Our brains and bodies, particularly our kids are being degraded by this food system. And then pharma's only profiting. They're only trying to give, you know, more drugs, more injections uh, to kids, not actually saying what's going on. Yeah. So, 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 this is the just the how I tie it to the to the pharma thing. And I think there's rightfully you know this growing distrust. I don't know how it became a political virtue in, in in many circles to blindly trust pharma companies, but they are not worthy of our trust. Uh, you know the medicalization of chronic disease over the past forty years has been a disaster. The more SSRIs we prescribe, the more we get depressed. The more stands we prescribe, the more heart disease goes up. And now we're being told there's a miracle cure for obesity that literally the, in the American Academy of Pediatrics. 
uh, they credential pediatricians. They, they can take away their license. It's on the website, fully, fully funded by pharma, the, the vast majority of their funding. And they say every kid that's obese should have this drug. But the key point about this drug and the key thing, the, the reason our chronic disease treatments aren't working and, we, and disease keeps popping up is because if a kid takes that drug, even if it works and reduces their appetite and loses a little bit of weight, if they're continuing to eat those seed oils, if they're continuing to eat that sugar, if they're, if they're still eating this poisonous, terrible food that you, you mentioned that's, that's really doing something weird, that's still inputting poison into their bodies, even if they're eating less of it. And that's going to lead to other chronic conditions. If your body, your fundamental fuel of your body is not changing, even if you're eating less, right? That's why chronic conditions and comorbidities are going up. So I can guarantee you this drug is not going to long-term reduce chronic disease or probably even obesity. And another alarming thing is that you have to stay in it, according to the label, for your entire life, weekly injections, or you have mass metabolic issues, which we don't even know about because it's messing with your metabolism. And as you take it, you have gastrointestinal issues. We're going to have a mass increase in depression among teens if this drug gets out because gastrointestinal issues, and this is another thing our system just doesn't look into, serotonin, which regulates our happiness, is made in the gut. 95% of it. Like, like if we have, if you have gut issues, IBS, all these gastrointestinal issues, it's highly correlated with depression. And that's exactly what's happening with those Olympics. So I, I'm just trying to speak out. I'm glad other people are because it's it's a tragedy, a rigged food system, and now these miracle cures. And I think it's a battle of our time it's right a, now. It's the a battle circular of the year. firing squad is what it is. Yeah. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Yeah, it's a circular firing squad. Let me go back to what, something you said. I, I want to ask you a little bit more about how big pharma and big food work hand in hand. But before we get to that, I want to ask you a question that's actually for my own benefit. So you're talking about the tomato comparison between the United States, an organic tomato in the United States, and a tomato in Europe and how there's 50% more nutrients in a tomato in Europe. And we're not even talking about non-organic. You, you mentioned specifically an organic tomato. Does this, is this the same if you grow a tomato in your own garden? Are you just talking about the soil nutrients in, in, in a farm that's, that's, um, that's going to bring their, their product to market? Or is that true for all the soil in the United States now? Yeah, I, I think this is... Uh... I, I, this is why I think it's just the key bipartisan issue. You know, years ago, Liz, I never thought I'd be watching a documentary called Kiss the Ground about soil health. I recommend everyone on Netflix goes on this, this documentary. You know, our practices are completely and utterly rigged crony capitalist practices are systematically decimating the soil in the United States, period. Um, so maybe you could create the right uh, the right environment to, to grow a slightly better tomato. But you know, there's studies on this, and my my, my co-founder of my new company is very passionate about this. I actually, recently said he wanted that this is probably the most under-discussed issue in nutrition. Um, the nutrient density of our crops are dramatically decreasing, and our soil is just drying up because of various things like monocropping. This documentary goes more into it, but I, but I think 
peeling that back, right? Becoming a little bit more curious about what's going in our body. You know, I, I think the American patient has been absolutely gaslit over the past 40 years to trust the science, to not ask any questions, to not have some curiosity about the things we're putting in our body, to not have some curiosity about all these miracle cures. Um, this is not working. We are going to go bankrupt as a country. We all know the statistics, but it, but it's worth repeating. It's 20% of GDP now, healthcare spending. It's growing at an increasing rate. It's going to be 40% in 15 years. It's not getting better. We're not going to drug our way out of the situation. So conservatives, liberals, across the spectrum, we need to start looking at our soil health. We need to start looking at the food we're putting into our bodies and start thinking about that healthcare money, those trillions of dollars we spend on healthcare. How do we incentivize actual things that keep us healthy instead of band-aids that aren't? I suspect that's where it becomes political, though, because the politicians that would uh, enjoy political benefit from having a healthcare system that's overwhelmed are those who want us to go towards a socialized healthcare system. That might be a conversation for a different day because this sure, conversation sure. is for everybody. But talk to me, talk to me specifically about how big food and big pharma coordinate, because it, it can't be just a coincidence that big pharma looks at what big food is doing and says, oh, you know what, I think this might be the, the, the side effect and we'll create a miracle cure. What is the coordination? Yeah, well, I think, I think, I think the biggest dynamic here, right, is that we kind of implicitly trust healthcare institutions to keep us healthy. That, that would be our assumption, I think, a reasonable assumption that the NIH doctors, hospitals, you know, any any health entity, the American Academy of Pediatrics, their goal is to keep people healthy. That is not what they're doing. Their goal is to advance their industry. So I think I think we're the biggest criminal, like I, I think potential criminal, but but certainly disastrous ethical and moral and, and societal component here is that there's absolute silence from the medical establishment, again, from med schools to to the American Diabetes Association, which was funded millions of dollars by Coke and had Coke on their website of the American Diabetes Association and said until 2018 that you didn't have to modulate your diet on diabetes as long as you took your drugs, which is just crazy. The, the, these, these institutions of trust through, the, through some of the tactics I described ha have been corrupted. And, and just one example there that, that I think is, is compelling is 80% of medical schools in the United States today do not require their doctors to graduate with a single nutrition class. Harvard, Stanford, on down, do not require a nutrition class. So when your doctor is telling you, oh, eat some fresh vegetables, just very, you know, very haphazard advice, that's all they know. Um, they're actually trying to give you advice, but they haven't learned nutrition, even doctors who focus on obesity or diabetes. <laughs> So I think it's the silence. I think it's the silence. You also have an interesting dynamic where you literally have food and health companies merging, you know, the Monsanto Bayer thing, the Monsanto, which, which really is responsible for a lot of the chemicals that aren't allowed anywhere else in the world that have hurt our soil now owns, you know, Bayer, a health company. So they're really getting people on both ends, which is, which is, I think, particularly egregious. It kind of reminds me of how uh, what's happened during COVID, right? With the CDC and the FDA, obviously in bed with big pharma. Even if you can't paint a direct line, you can paint an indirect line to exactly how these bureaucrats, while they're while they're in the administrative state, uh, make decisions that benefit big pharma, and then they cash out to big pharma as soon as they step out of the public sector. I think that's that's the same thing too. The other thing on on your Twitter that I want you to talk about today is 
Alzheimer's. Alzheimer's is without a doubt an epidemic in our country. It's, I mean, I hardly know anyone who hasn't had a grandparent who has suffered and perhaps died. My own grandfather died of Alzheimer's. You talk about how this is highly correlated with sugar, which is not something you're going to hear from doctors, from the medical establishment. Um, talk to me about this. Yeah, I actually, you know, think you just just taking that to what you said earlier, you can draw a line, you know, with the NIH, with the funding and the FDA, a lot of the decisions, both on funding and approval for drugs and, and where, where the FDA is focusing is actually made by blue ribbon panels, right, uh, of academics from top institutions. And a lot of those academics have direct financial conflicts of interest, right? They, they even have stakes in the in the drugs themselves you know some universities like like stanford ha have have profited billions of dollars from their ip and and the professors in the actual drugs so there's huge financial incentives of literally the people that are appointed to to direct research direction but zeroing in on diabetes or excuse me alzheimer's which is a huge thing people need to realize there there's research that's that's becoming definitive. That, that actually, if you push people, they, they wouldn't they wouldn't push back on most researchers. Where they're calling Alzheimer's type three diabetes. Uh, there's almost nobody with Alzheimer's, right? That doesn't have prediabetes or diabetes, some form of of blood sugar dysregulation. And blood sugar dysregulation is entirely under our control. It, it's because of food. It also is reversible. And there's a book uh, called the, I believe it's called The End of Alzheimer's, uh, Dr. Bresden. There's more coming out of this, but they've actually shown reversal of dementia and Alzheimer's through targeted dietary interventions. Now, this is not going to be talked about with your doctor. And I've talked to a lot of people, you know, oh, I've got the best Alzheimer's doctor for my grandparents at Harvard or, you know, one of these institutions. You know, that that's taking a car, you know, after it's been totally crashed for a paint job, you know, and, and they're following a playbook of the intervention playbook where giving you interventions is, is going to make them money. You know, there's, there's billions of dollars at play for some marginal drug, right? That's going to help that we're trying to get taxpayers on the hook for. These aren't going to work. I just cannot stress this enough. And please like, you know, it's been a journey for me, but let's use common sense here. Chronic disease cures, cures do not work. Um, chronic disease has only gone up because it's not addressing the problem, the fundamental problem with Alzheimer's. And you can go to a lot of other chronic diseases you wouldn't expect is blood sugar dysregulation is, is caused by cellular dysregulation in the food that we're eating. And if you can really pin into that, um, you can really start reversing. Um, and you know, my mom recently, and the reason I'm passionate about this, uh, passed away from pancreatic cancer. Um, and that's really what got me amped up on this because I looked in, oh, it was sorry, very abrupt. Thank you. And it, it was very abrupt, uh, 13 days from her diagnosis, she was perfectly healthy and then, and then passed away. Um, oh my gosh. but, um, yeah, but, uh, I dig, I dug into it and, um, 90% of people with pancreatic cancer, uh, have prediabetes or diabetes as my mom did. And, um, and she wasn't served by the medical system, right? I mean, she has high cholesterol, she got a statin. She has high glucose, she gets metformin, like many Americans. They weren't warning signs. You know, we treat things as isolated issues. And that leads then to the, to the nightmare, to cancer. There's more correlation with blood sugar dysregulation, which is controllable by food and pancreatic cancer, than smoking to lung cancer. Like, 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 like cancer and Alzheimer's, it is not random.
And you know, you read books by Dr. Mark Hyman, this this book by Dr. Breslin on Alzheimer's, you really start peeling down the the onion. I, I really think this needs to be the center of how we think about health. And we need to be highly suspicious when we see the, a numerical cure. Um, we need to rightfully be more suspicious of pharma. We need to shift food more to how we think about health and just how we think about economic and, and how we fuel our social capital, which is really crumbling. When 25% of Americans right now are on some kind of mental health medication, you know, that's tied to this too. And I'll just say one other thing, this book, Brain Energy, you know, really makes the case, a, a Harvard professor, uh, to depression and schizophrenia and, and mental health issues. 20% of our cells are in our brain and when we have mass cellular dysfunction from our food, that impacts the brain much more than we understand. So, um, yeah, I, I really think this is at the root of a lot, and and I'm I'm just trying to uh, give justice to a, to a lot of people who are who are pushing this, uh, and I'm following. But but we need to wake up on this. Can I ask you what your uh, daily diet looks like? What do you eat? <laughs> yeah, and I'm not. You know, I'm on a journey too. Um, I'm trying to do three things, both for, for myself and, and absolutely my, my, my young son, who's, who's almost one year old, and he starts eating. Uh, I think you can get 80% there, both on individually and this should be the basis of public policy, to look at the ingredients and not eat three things. Any type of added sugar, any type of processed grain, and seed oils, which is soybean oil, canola oil. If you go to everything from your hummus to your creamer, to things you would never expect, to your protein bar, you're going to see those three things. It sneaks in everywhere. And again, those processed grains turn to sugar, the sugar we all know about, but obviously sneaks in everywhere. Um, and then seed oils, you'd be shocked, right? It's it's canola, it, it's everything. These highly inflammatory, which are, are, are not really as much used in Europe, um, oils, which, which, which I believe in, um, and, and let's not get political here. I totally agree with you. Let's not even talk about banning them. I think we can all agree that we should start by not subsidizing these foods, tens of billions of dollars, and giving handouts on government nutrition programs to buy these foods, because that impacts the price for all of us. It does. This is so interesting. People who watch my show know that actually people like to make fun of me for being vegan, which is a totally <laughs> valid thing to mock me for, except that I'm not really vegan. I'm whole food plant-based because I've suffered from serious autoimmune issues in the past. And I manage yep. it completely with um, a whole food plant-based diet just for all of these reasons that you just talked about. So this was fascinating to me because it um, is already in my in my area of interest. But I, I can I can literally hear and see all of the people that are part of the Liz Wheeler Show community setting down their donuts and pushing that <laughs> sugar away after listening to you. Callie, this was so fascinating. Thank you. Thank you for the work that you do. Thank you for sitting down with us today. Guys, you can follow Callie. Highly recommend that you do on Twitter twitter.com slash Callie Means. That's C-A-L-L-E-Y-M-E-A-N-S at Callie Means. All right, guys, let me know what you think. Let me, let me know if you, you changed your mind on anything. Let me know if you're going to look Callie up. Um, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. I'm Liz Wheeler. This is The Liz Wheeler Show.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.